Hello everybody, this is episode 35 of All About the Birds. Johnny Lecco, Phil Stifel, and Jeff Warner. And this is the first live show of All About the Birds. Something, something new, so there may be some hiccups, but I think we'll get through it. Um, yeah. I think we'll, we'll be all right. Yeah, but, we're uh, having a little fun here, you know? If people can actually tune in and get involved with the show, it'll be, it'll be great. Give us some questions. Yeah. Questions. Well, maybe no one will tune in, and maybe everybody will just think we're awful. <laughs> you know, but, hey, you never know. But the first thing I want to talk about is Eagle signed Trevor Williams today, re-signed Trevor Williams today. Um, that really that kind of worries me with Sidney Jones and Rasul Douglas, because those guys were supposed to be, you know, your third, fourth, fifth, all depending, but cornerbacks. And Rasul Douglas has, hasn't looked very good at all. And... Sidney Jones is just always hurt. It's, he's always hurt. And I, I don't even know if he, cause he's going to make the roster out of camp, unfortunately. Someone who's second-round pick in 2017 may not even be on the team. And that's, that makes that 17 draft look even worse. Well, I'll say you, you look you look at the, the Eagles' cornerback depth already. I'll say they bring in a guy like Trevor Williams who has uh, veteran experience. He's been a starter in this league, so he automatically I think he has more starts than almost uh, anyone else uh, on on the roster besides Darius Slay at the moment. So uh, he, right there, he can be thrown in, and he, he's a guy that shows you he can he can start in this league. So uh, yeah, unfortunately, I'll say for Sidney Jones, for Sewell Douglas, our boy Craig James, it, they're they're pretty much on the on the bubble on the or on the outside looking in uh as the fact the fact that they bring in a veteran uh cornerback like that i would say vante max right now is uh pretty much confirmed to be this uh, opposite of uh darius slay at the moment so and now uh, and nicole uh, romy coleman he's been pretty much the main slot guy so uh right now right there trevor williams is probably gonna be your fourth guy if not competing for a possible starting job uh, against avante maddox for the last three weeks of training camp it's it, it, it's disappointing. I'll say Sidney Jones had a lot of promise coming out of college. He was potentially a second round pick. Uh, some people were va- valuing him until he had until he had that uh, knee injury, and he, he just he's never been the same. And then Rasul Douglas, we keep on bringing up constantly on this podcast. He's not meant to play corner. I'll say he, he safety. Yeah, he he he's he's built to be a safety in this league. I'll say just for his size, his ability. I'll say. He, he's not meant to play corner. He's shown that he can't play inside, he can't play outside. He's constantly getting burned in practice, reading all the reports and reading all uh, the, the the reports from uh, the beat writers at training camp. He, I'll say in the court, and you, you uh, we keep on bringing up the cornerback as a possible position that it's, it's lacking right now. So I'll say it's one of the concerns heading into uh, three weeks going into Washington. Yeah, I, I'm going to say now that now with the Trevor Williams being back, I mean, out of the, the Sidney Jones, the Rasul Douglas, and the Craig James, I'm, I'm going to guess that there's two of those three names that aren't making the team. The, the most likely odds are that they're all, both of them are probably Douglas and uh, Sidney Jones are not going to be on the team. There, there's a really high likelihood there. And uh, I think it really says what the team thinks about Sidney Jones, the fact that they brought Trevor Williams back. You know, they just can just, they're just showing that they have zero confidence in him. And the thing to stay is- healthy, to get on the field, to produce – you know, whatever it may be. And the thing is, Trevor Williams is a veteran. It's not like he's only been in the league one year. He started 2017. He started 15 out of 16 games for the Chargers. And, yeah, he's had some injuries the last two seasons. Yeah. But he's played 39 games at, starting 27 since making the Chargers as an undrafted rookie out of Penn State in 2016. So, so he, he, he's shown that he can be a starter in this league. And he's not he's not going to be your number two guy. He's, supposed, he's there to be your, you know, your – I guess you'd say fourth corner, but the slot corners with Craven LeBlanc and Nicole Roby Coleman, who Roby Coleman's yeah, been looking. Blanc. Yeah, well, yeah. Roby Coleman's been looking very good in practice. There's really good reports about what he's doing. So, you know, that, that secondary, and you know, we've talked about it. I'm I'm okay with the safety position. I know you guys aren't, but the cornerback position, an injury here or there, can make it very very scary when you're looking at the depth wise. Well, I'll say we keep on bringing up the Eagles, and I'll say Jim Schwartz basically threw it in there as well. I'll say that he likes versatility from it from his players. So I'll say we keep on bringing up that they're that you're throwing basically the cornerbacks and the safeties all in one one swoop, and they'll probably take uh, nine ten players combined from both positions. So I'll say that it's basically going to depend on who they feel can 
bring the versatility, play both positions, uh, who's going to bring the best for their style of defense and what they have game plan for this year. So Sorry, I'm still trying to share this and get this out there. Yeah, I, see, I didn't see the tweet. I'll say Facebook, I saw it. Twitter, I'm not seeing it. So yeah, I'll, sorry. I'll, if, if everybody's watching, comment. Let us know that you're watching and you're getting it. I've seen up to like 13, 14 people watching at one time so far. We appreciate you tuning in. We really do. But, uh, yeah, I'm tuning out as I'm trying to share this all over the world right now. Also, Phil, someone brought up to me. I would say if you're able to, put closed caption on. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll work on that. It's just more reason for me not to uh, tune in and pay attention to what we're talking about. <laughs> That's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll get it going. I'll say I'll have another topic. I'll just start talking. Jeff and I will have a conversation. Phil, you just yeah. figured well, it out. I would say we're bringing up the safety position. I would say there was a little bit of a news that came out, or sorry, transaction that came out earlier this week or this past weekend with the release of Earl Thomas from the Baltimore Ravens. I say I know we threw it out there uh, to our fan base on Twitter and Facebook asking them, uh, do you feel the Eagles should take a flyer on Earl Thomas? Uh, we keep on talking about the Eagles need to upgrade at safety. We're still concerned whether Jalen Mills can be playing, uh, going from corner to safety. Uh, they bring in Will Parks, who doesn't have a lot of veteran leadership. Rodney McLeod has shown he's somewhat declining with his age of uh, playing safety. So the, 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 I know a bunch of our listeners and our followers have said they wouldn't go with uh, Earl Thomas. But my question to you guys is, do you guys think we should go with Earl Thomas? Eagle Jeff is hot. Oh, look at that. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, wife. I wonder, I wonder who that is. <laughs> Thanks, wife. So if you don't know, we have comments that do pop up. So, yeah. um, but so if you put your comments on there, if it's anything but talking about Jeff being hot, I will put it up on the screen. <laughs> but but to, to go with the Earl Thomas is you, the Seattle Seahawks and the Baltimore Ravens, two super – uh, organizations who are so respected around the league and how they run the organizations just jettison him because of I'm not going to say it's an Antonio Brown type of issue dude he but, punched the dude well yeah you have training camp fights all the time okay you have, tra you have training camp fights you have scuffles this, he literally cold cocked a freaking dude in the face but the thing is what I think what made them release him was he put practice footage on social media. Well, it, you don't do that. You don't put practice on social media. Plus, I see that. What, whatever team he goes to, you know his brother's coming along because they have... Well, you know that whole... I don't think it was so much the practice footage. I was like, practice footage is getting on... on, on it's video cameras all the time. There's, there, I would say media is there videotaping most uh, practices. There's, there's certain points that they're not supposed to be filming, and there's certain points player or there's certain things reporters cannot report uh, report at practice. They, they, I'll say from one of those things is they can't report what players are saying on the sideline. They can report what happened on the play. So the fact that unless they're showing like signals or something, I don't see the reason behind that. The reason why they released him is I'll say because the the captains of the Baltimore Ravens went to management and told them you need to release Earl Thomas they're enough with they're tired of his antics they're tired of his attitude well, what does that say then about Earl Thomas exactly I understand Let's he may be a little you know bit what? I first my first opinion when he the instant like over the top instant like reaction was like well I don't want him to go to the Cowboys let's bring him in because we need the help but then after you think about it, the fact that teams like the Ravens you know and the Seahawks cut him and he's still a top 10 11 you know, safety at this point in his career, and they released him, says all you need to know about his character. Let him go to the Cowboys. Let the Cowboys sign that train wreck of a person because that's all he does is ruin locker rooms at this point. Well, the thing is, the report is that haha -ha Clinton Dix for the Cowboys has looked awful. So right there is an, an in to for for Earl Thomas I, to go there. I, I, I'll say, I understand the antics, but I'll say, you're also the one that said the Eagles should sign Antonio Brown, and he's even more of a nutcase than freaking Earl Thomas. There's not too often that you have a quality player and a Pro Bowl All-Pro talent available three weeks before the season. He's a straight-up free agent. You have to give no compensation whatsoever as far as draft picks or anything like that. So, the fact... Uh, all you have to do is give him a deal. Who knows how much that's going to be? If it's a couple million... I I understand we're in a cap cap crunch right now, and I'll say there was an article from uh, Paul Donowitz talking to uh, Joe Banner about the Eagles cap situation, basically saying Eagles fans don't panic; they'll find a way to uh, get that under control. So, if if we really feel that the Eagles are a Super Bowl contender right now or a playoff team or whatever, Earl Thomas can help us put us over the hump. Last week we were talking about the Eagles going out to get a pass rusher uh, and trying to get some type of uh, pass rushing addition to this defense. Earl Thomas. 
yes, he's a nutcase, but who... who well, you, I know. I talk with my hands. Here, people, I'm talking with my hands. There we go. Yeah, he, he talks like an Italian and everything. Now, I'm going to tell you, Earl Thomas and Antonio Brown are two totally different cases, 100%. Earl Thomas has suitors. There will be several teams lining up for him. Yeah, they already said okay. the San Francisco Antonio 49ers Brown and they're Houston Texans. has nobody. He's screwed up so much so far that he has no choice. If he wants a job, he's literally got to keep his mouth shut and keep his head down. You know, so that's totally different. And Antonio Brown's already been suspended for, uh, you know, what, eight games already for the season or whatever they said. Oh, yeah. So it's totally different situations. Well, I'm talking about before the suspension we were bringing up about talking. Here. But, no, I just... Oh, my boy, Telly. But, what up, I, Telly? You know, the, the thing about Earl Thomas is... I, I know everyone talks Dallas because that's where he wanted to play, but... Well, it, I, it's, it's kind of upsetting. I would say if he goes to Dallas... What? I'll say they're already considered to most people the, the probably the winners of the NFC East right now. They automatically, we get Vinnie Curry, they go out and get Everson Griffin. I'll say we sign Will Parks and transfer Jalen Mills, and then they sign Earl Thomas? This fan base will be in a freaking erupting, pissed off that we freaking let Earl Thomas go to our division rival and made the Dallas Cowboys even better. He might be a freaking nutcase, but the fact that he's still an all-pro talent and he's available on the freaking open market put an offer out there who, who what, what's the worst Again, that can happen the, the ravens are covering like so what his deal was 10 million with the ravens anything it just Dude, they, pay, they, pay millions, they paid 23 million for basically different. one year what's he, that he ba they basically paid 23 million for one year because of the guarantee yeah. and money that he was receiving so he played one year with getting them. that 10 million from the ravens this year so you could sign him for next to nothing yeah and not have to worry much. So it's not a cap issue signing Earl Thomas. Well, he, I'm sure he's still going to go with the highest bidder, and he's going to oh, yeah. and he's going to contemplate uh, the Super Bowl contender, who, what a winning organization. Which one of our boys who uh, went to supposedly a winning organization, Nigel Bradham, <laughs> got cut out of nowhere. So. He got cut today. So. Yeah, he's going to go on to his next... There's uh, another guy we should just sign. Screw it. We're, we're worried about our linebacking no. core. He was a Super actually, Bowl champion. Actually, no, actually, that is, that is a decent question, is... Should they look into bringing him back? Why not? Why we not? We talked nonstop on how many episodes in the last month that our linebackers are so thin. He knows the system. He I know. Well. I, I know mean, he, he did. loves winning organizations, he claims. So um, I think we're a winning organization for him. So <laughs> why not? He did He did lose a step. He wasn't the same player that he was, but he is getting older. He's, and it's a veteran. A, a guy that we've talked about them getting a veteran linebacker. I'm not saying it's going to happen with kind of what he said. He may have kind of worn out his welcome in the coming back. But, I, I, hey, he, 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 did, he technically didn't call us out. Yeah. So the, or the Eagles fan base. I but, yeah, I don't think he meant to call us out, honestly. It just came out that way. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't say, you know, oh, I, I wouldn't be upset. Same thing with Earl Thomas. If they sign him, okay, we'll see what he has. I'm he's not automatically say, an upgrade I'm, over what we have. I'm not going to say... Oh, why they do that? Because they like, like you said, they don't have to trade draft picks or draft compensation. I'll be okay and see where it goes. But if, but if he gets a, um, if he goes and you know does an Antonio Brown type of situation and you know causes issues, then maybe it's a different story. But if they do it, I'll be okay. All I'm saying is everyone was all over the moon about the Eagles not making a move for Jamal Adams. Granted, Adams is in the prime of his career. He's a lot younger. But you have to give up a lot. Yeah, you had to give up a lot. You had to give up, you had to give up a long-term deal uh, eventually once uh, he's uh, off his uh, current contract. Plus, you had to give up compensation or draft compensation. They're probably going to ask for quite a bit of money or uh, qu quite a bit of uh, picks and all that. So. Uh, the, the, I would say everyone was all over the moon for that. So at least here, like we said, we don't have to give up much for him. He's probably going to get a couple million or probably a little bit more, but I will say depending. But he automatically makes you an upgrade. He, he's automatically an upgrade for what we have at safety. He automatically makes a defense as a whole an upgrade, which right now in training camp has supposedly been more dominant in our offense uh, in, in that scrimmage last week. So we'll get into that in a little bit. Your wife's checking in, wants to know when you're uh, getting angry. I'm always getting angry. I say she freaking stresses me out, so of course I'm always angry. <laughs> Love you, wife. 
So but, Jeff won't be on next episode, so we'll just be Phil and I now. But <laughs> I knew there was going to be hiccups. I didn't know we were going to be calling our wives out live on TV. Hey, at you know? least my wife is watching. Where are your two wives? Well, That's I what I just, I just responded to your wife. I'm a little jealous. She's in the other room watching some stupid TV, probably. My wife's watching Below Deck, wherever the hell that horrible show uh, is. That show. Yeah, we could have a whole episode <laughs> on talking about how bad that show is. She's she, she Since she's been working from home, a little off subject, but with her working from home because of the whole COVID situation, her offices are closed, she only binge-watched like four, uh, four or five seasons of Below Deck for like literally like two weeks straight. That's all she watched. Whenever I wasn't home, down here doing the podcast... I can't wait for sports to be back. I'm, I'm losing my freaking TV because I can't even watch sports because she's watching that half the time. I'm buying an extra TV here to put in my office. Well, See, look, so. my wife says she's here. Yeah. Hello, Hannah. Say, <laughs> say hi to your wife. I did. I said she's here. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. yeah, after you probably texted her saying Jeff's yeah. wife's on, you better watch now. No, she says... Now we're waiting for Phil's, which is that wife of mine. She's she's letting me down here. We're we're losing far. Let's get back to football. Let's get back, <laughs> to, get back to football. Focus on. There are eleven people watching us right now. Let's talk football. So, I want to talk about Andre Dillard getting hurt. I know we I know we brought it up about the offensive line, but Andre Dillard being hurt and Lane Johnson not practicing. So you had Jordan Mailata and you had Matt Pryor playing the tackles. And I know uh, Phil. I think it was. Was it, yeah, Phil, I think you mentioned that um, Prince Tego Wanogo is looking like he's a lot better than, or playing a lot better than uh, Jordan Mailata, which well, yeah, doesn't bode well for Mailata. Well, him and Jack Driscoll, I'll say. Yeah. Bo- both of them, I would say, have reportedly been looking pretty well in camp. and I was, They're getting a lot of the reps, which it, it's frustrating. It's good because they're getting the reps. They're able to develop. They're able, the coaching staff's able to see what they have. But... They're not meant to be our starters for our offensive line. So the fact that I'll say they're getting these reps, it's very important for Andre Dillard to be out there right now. It's very important for Jason Peters to be in there right now. I'll say from what I've been reporting, he's been constantly been taking in and out for him and Matt Pryor, which either one thing, I'll say Peters isn't playing well at right guard. He's either getting blown up, which last week, apparently in that scrimmage, the defensive line was destructive. You had Osman, you had you had Josh Sweat, you have all these guys basically beating Andre Diller, beating Jason Peters, uh, beating the interior offensive line uh, of uh, Kelsey and uh, who the hell's our left guard right now? Sam Allen. Yeah, Sam Allen, that's it. Today it was Casey Tuhill, the seventh round pick. You know, blowing up Mylotta multiple times. Yeah, so I was, it, it's 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 we, concerning. We said it. The Mylotta experiment is probably over. I know they've got to give him reps. But the thing that's really concerning to me is... Dude, he's gone. What I read, I, what's that? He's gone. I, was yeah, saying, I, yeah. I, I, I don't but see... I'm more concerned about Dillard, because today wasn't even a padded practice. It wasn't even like a hardcore practice. Shells and shorts. t-shirts out there, and Dillard couldn't... I mean, he might be slightly injured, but he, is he, he in that bad of shape that he can't be out there just walking through some of the, you know, steps of what they're doing in their system and all? So that, that that concerns me a little bit. Well, that's it's all that, good. That's also the Eagles. I would say with this whole, almost every player has an undisclosed injury. So, yeah. like, what does that mean? So I'll say, is it practice? Are they it's hurting like hockey? The upper body injury. Yeah, they, they're, not, they're not specific, and they're like week to week uh, or multiple weeks. And I'll say, it, it's it's everyone that offensive line. I would say needs to be out there if they're going to be started. Honestly, I I feel Dillard. They don't have the utmost confidence in Dillard right now. The fact that he's not getting those reps in, he's shown that he hasn't been able to go out there and even practice and scrimmage against your own teammates, against Josh Sweat and the uh, uh, the backups of the world on our team, and you're still losing battles up front. He had all the potential in the world. Obviously, he dominated Khalil Mack when he played him last year, but you can't even handle Josh Sweat in practice. Honestly, I, I kind of feel probably by week one, if it doesn't get better, if Dillard's not out there in practice or like shows some type of improvement, I honestly feel Jason Peters is moving back to left tackle. They're gonna yeah, have, the only reason why he hasn't been moved back to left tackle right now is because he needs experience at that guard spot. And, and again, he's not doing he's, well. I mean, he's not out there all the time, and he's not even getting, you know, he's not showing yeah. that he looks fantastic at that spot. You know, was it Trey Thomas or Jeremy Bridges that said he was going to make that transition smoothly? Bridges. Seamlessly. I, I don't know. It doesn't seem like he is right now. And I think there's just too much and I think confusion the fact, on that offensive line right now. And the fact that they're having Matt Pryor in there quite a bit at right guard really shows me that they are probably going to move P- 
Peters eventually back to left tackle if they if once they yeah. pull uh, Dillard from there, and then they have and then they have Pryor in there as your the starting right is, guard. Once you move Dillard out of that tackle spot this year, you know he's pretty it? much ruining his career here in Philly. He's pretty much done, and he's lost all his value to trade. Yeah. So. You know, they would have almost been better off trading him and just re-signing Peters to play that left tackle spot because, you know, if you have to bench him, what is a team going to do? They're not going to give you anything for him. Nope. You know, it's, it's going to turn into one of those busts of a first-round pick, you know, which we've talked about, you know. It's all it's you know? it's one of those things. Do they really yeah. want to – uh, it's one. Are they? Do they want to win now, or do they want to try to develop a guy and let him play it out and risk Carson Wentz running for his life all Which freaking season like long? That's all he's doing in practice right now. Well, yeah, he's it's running not for good his... when you're running for your life in practice. What's going to happen when you're going up against number ones? You got to think. A lot of these offensive linemen that are struggling with the ones are going up against second string defensive linemen. You know, yeah. they're not going up against Fletcher Cox regularly and, well, you know, some, Brandon some, Graham. They're going up against some of the second stringers and third yeah. stringers, too. Yeah, I was saying scrimmage. I would say they, a bulk of those uh, reps that they got were against the first teamers. But, yeah, like yeah. you said, they're they're, 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 they're so much of a rotation. Yeah, they're rotating people in to see what they got because they want to be able to see what can these guys do against our against our first team. So, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, say, I'll say week one, okay. When you see a, a seventh-round pick like Casey Tuhill who – we did not even expect to make the team maybe to be a practice squad. He was a fringe guy, and he's blowing up Mylotta left and right. It doesn't say it doesn't speak highly of your offensive line, your starting well, offensive line. Well, what's what's that going to do when you go in week one and the Washington football team has Chase Young, Ryan Ryan Kerrigan, they have Jonathan Allen, you know, they have Matt Ioannidis. We will, Victoria. So, <laughs> the <laughs> You know, Thanks for checking in, Vic- Victoria Taylor, Tori. He so lost his whole train of yeah, thought. Yeah, he lost his whole train of thought now because you threw him on the. You, you, well, I'm trying to read it. It's how how far away. Keep the Mariners fan in the back. You yeah, need glasses. I can. I probably can read it there too. Yeah, I don't need glasses. But what I what I was saying is when you have the off the Washington offensive line or defensive line coming in. And it isn't third team, or it isn't Joe Osman, it isn't Jannard Avery, it isn't Casey Tuhill. You know, it's it's gonna be worrisome, especially if you don't one, they're not healthy, and two, Carson Wentz is running for his life. I'm not even so much worried. Week one, okay, they might be able to handle that a little bit. Week two, uh, week two, Nick Bosa when they have to uh, guess the 49ers? That no. week two's the Rams, Jeff. Week two, I'm sorry, week three. No. <laughs> Whatever. Whenever they have to face the 49ers, I don't have the schedule completely memorized. Here, I apologize. Such a high end podcast here. Well, I'm sorry. I'm trying to keep up with the, this, the board, the audio. So excuses, uh, Jeff. Excuses. All you have is a microphone and a phone. You're, you're, you're on the, you're on much the manage over here. Uh, man. One of these days we're gonna we're gonna switch spots. You handle all the board. I'll just sit there and talk on a mic. And we just got four watch listeners as you two are are, are, are bickering back, bickering back and forth. <laughs> Thank you, Victoria. October Victoria's checking in. October fifth. Thank you. Someone's doing some research and working for this. This podcast. no, is it October fourth? Because I think yeah, I'm, October fifth. Okay. Well, that's what she said. So I'm, I'm going to trust her on this one. Because I think it's the same day as my daughter's birthday party. Oh, yeah. There you go. Either way. Anyway, where were we on all that now? But no, I, but there was yeah, that's, video that's, from Redskins offense or from yeah. camp that I did see, and J- Chase Young was blowing up everybody. Yeah. So. Chase Young is not going to be stopped by Andre Dillard, Jordan Mylotta, or anybody. <laughs> so. But. <laughs> anyway. Thanks, Victoria. Uh, Four minutes into the first episode live, you can't beat the bickering. Nope. It's been a perfect amount. This, this is what happens when you've known someone for 25 years. Yeah. All we do is going to be bickering. Yeah. Yeah, Jenna, I know. We do fight like an old married couple. Thanks. <laughs> You would, you would know that, especially with our little uh, disagreements constantly. Wow. And just so you know, Jen, we, 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 we know all about those disagreements, too. We hear all about them. Hey, hey I hear about both. Well, sorry, Phil, Phil doesn't fight with his wife, so. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but uh, I'm bringing the pizza to the October 4th party, I heard. <laughs> You're invited. I'll do that. That's fine. Okay. Okay, you can, you can bring, bring the pizza to the party. You better have some cold beer for me, though. But I'll say, uh, I'll say, I, I, what, what, I like Corona Premier, just so you know. I, I, I know, know. <laughs> but I just plugged them. I know uh, we were, we're 
bash. We're talking about the negatives of the off or of the offense with what the offensive line. But uh, Darius Slay was asked today during uh, his press conference with the media uh, about the one of the bright sides of our offense and so far this training camp. Wide receiver Jalen Rager, and this is what he had to say. Uh, it's gonna be amazing, man. Um, it reminds me a lot of my uh... oh, wrong one. <laughs> oh man, he just, no, he really his own self right now. You know, he he got his own identity. He's a great player, man. Um, uh, man, I just teach him what I can know, man, to help him beat beat guys. You know, I feel like I'm one of the elite guys in the league. Uh, I compete at a high level, and um, you know, when him go up against each other, man, I want him to be at his best to help this team win. But uh, he's a great player, man. He works hard. He got a good drive. I'm looking forward to seeing what he's doing on the field. That's Darius Slay. Sorry, Slay. He, I was saying in his press conference today, he mentioned to one of the reporters that brought up, uh, hey, Darius, don't call him Darius. If you ever meet him, call him Slay. He doesn't like his first name, apparently. I did not know that. Well, but, didn't he say the same yeah. thing when they said Maddox instead of Avante? Like, oh, no, Mills. I would say he brought up, he, so he was, they were talking about the defense and playing along uh, as a defensive, uh, as a whole, the secondary. And he brought up about, uh, he said Jalen, he was bringing up about Jalen Mills. And he's like, oh, I'm, don't, don't tell him I said that. He likes me called Mills. He doesn't like me called Jalen. So there's well, another there, news and notes. Yeah, but there's also three Jalens on the team. So he kind of, you know, you kind of go by the last name with that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I was saying, I think he's just last name in general. In fact, I was saying, remember, it was always cool in high school. You knew you were the cool kid when you either had a nickname or you were called by your last name. If you ever called by your first name, you were probably some slum or schmuck and that no one cared about in high school. Eagle Jeff over here because he had a cool nickname rolling around. Oh, with no. His, with his cling, 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 his chains. Uh, oh, I wasn't a cool lady. kid. I just was, I was the oddball. I'll admit it. Everybody knew you, though. He's Eagles Jeff because they could hear you coming from the end of the hall. But, uh,. It's yeah, you're not going to ever episode. get any of my nicknames out of me. <laughs> zero, zero, zero shot on that ever happening. But uh, I'll say anyway. So, yeah. So, Reger, did you see the play Reger made with Wentz today? You know, there, there's definitely a connection brewing between Wentz and Reger. Um, he definitely does not seem to be, you know, struggling like uh, Ortega Whiteside did last year. So, it is a bright side. No, that's... And I saw him also. I think he was also working with. Uh, looked like Sproles was talking to him, like doing like the punt returns. So he was getting some advice from uh, yeah. Darren Sproles, which the Eagles have. I think um, Connor Barwin, Darren Sproles, Avant, and then also I think Brent Selleck. They're yeah. all they, hanging around and kind of. They're you know, all. They all got hired for, with the organization. Jason Avant is like an intern with the wide, wide, working with the wide receivers. Uh, Brent Selk, I forget what his exact role is. I think him, him and Connor are kind of in the front office. Same with like Darren is kind of like almost front office job. So, but it's good to have those those veterans there to you know because they're former players and you know give them roles in the in the organization. They're all smart smart guys. So yeah, um, it's you know it's good to see. But if you don't know the nicknames. <laughs> what? No, it's not. Oh, the Nick. I thought you meant I was, your Nick. Oh, oh, okay. So I see it now. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh, crap. Yeah. No, it's, it's it's pretty similar what the Eagles are doing with all these former players. The Phillies do it every every spring training. They bring in a bunch of former, you know, for, former players to work with individual positions and all. So it's not a surprise. But I did read a report that especially with, uh, you know, Deuce Staley wanting to be a head coach ultimately and eventually um, – that they're grooming Darren Sproles to take over Deuce Staley's job as the running backs coach and assistant offensive coordinator. So that's something to keep an eye on in the future. It's not something for now, but for the future, definitely. And I know Jeff also had, uh, if you want to play the clip for uh, Jim Schwartz talking about, I guess, the rookies and the linebackers. You want the linebacker one? Yeah, do the linebacker one. Okay. Yeah, I think that last part is the important part of the question. Um, you know, rookie linebackers is always a difficult situation, linebackers and safeties. They're the people that have the most on their plate when it comes to scheme. Um, you know, so in a, in a typical fashion, you draft a safety or a linebacker and you have, you know, a whole season of phase one, phase two, phase or full off season, phase one, phase two, phase three, and mini camp and then a full training camp and four preseason games it gives those guys plenty of time to you know to get their feet under them and and to go but you know in, in some ways a little bit like talking about Duke Riley last year um, you know coming sort of halfway through the season these guys haven't had the benefit of that you know they've been they did a lot of meetings just like we're doing right here 
um, which is good. It's productive, but it doesn't replace being on the field. Um, you know, we can have scrimmages and we can have shoulder pad practices, but it doesn't replace that, you know, live game speed, um, you know, that those guys, uh, those guys need. So I, I, I'd, I'd probably throw our linebackers and our safeties all in the same basket. All those guys are making good, steady progress. Um, you know, they have a lot on their plate, not just with defense, but with special teams. And um, all those guys have shown some really good things in training camp so far. It's just a matter of um, being up against the clock and, and how quickly they can have complete command, not just mentally, but then command physically to be able to go in and play the position for us. And the, the biggest thing, you know, Duke Riley lined up with Nate Gary a lot um, as the primary two linebackers. Mm -hmm. And I think Riley's going to have such a crucial role. He's going to have that kind of, like like I've said before, the Camus Rougier-Hill type of role. Special teamer, but he's going to play on defense a lot because T.J. Edwards is more the, basically, on rundowns. Yeah. You know, bigger, bigger bodied linebacker against the run. Quick instinct, too. Exactly. And do, like, I know everyone talks about Nate Gary and yeah, he may be, he may be quick to realize what's going on, but he misses a lot of tackles. And well, that I'll say, especially with the uh, when you're in a lot of nickel and dime formations for a linebacker, yeah. you you need a guy that has speed. You need a guy that can keep up with these physical, uh, athletic tight, tight ends. ends in this league. I'll say you have the George Kittles of the world, uh, Evan Ingram's and uh, Travis Kelsey. You have all these guys. Uh, I'll say Just starting to pronounce some names. <laughs> well, no, I was trying to think. I was trying to think of some of the big tight ends in the league. I, I'm sorry. So I was I was you, trying you to come. Spent, you spent 15 minutes prior to the show pronouncing every name on the team, didn't you? I probably should, but uh, I was, I'll say you have these physical, tight, uh, big, athletic tight ends. I'll say you need a guy that can cover. I'll say, and that's the one thing the Eagles have lacked over the years is a coverage, uh, coverage linebacker, uh, especially keeping up man to man. So hopefully, uh, T.J. Edwards, uh, or not T.J. Duke Riley and Gary and and Edwards, I'll say, are have some type of rotation. And one name that you we need to keep an eye on because he's having a tremendous training camp so far. He's continued to make plays in and plays out. Is rookie Sean Bradley? So I'll say the the, the young kid is really showing that he is going to be. He might not be a starter week one, but he's definitely going to be having some type of playing time. And uh, another thing is, I'll say your boy Killens. Uh, apparently he's been uh, on the first team uh, uh, special teams with kickoff, so I'll say that's that's gonna be kind of interesting. I would say that most likely he's gonna be activated uh, for probably starting off the year uh, for special team circumstances as well. You know, and if you watch him, because he you know, he did a lot out of the backfield as well, and his speed. A lot of people have. I'm not gonna say he's gonna be like like these these two players, but almost that you know Tariq Cohen and Austin Eckler type out of the backfield catching with some elusiveness and speed. And I know, because I know Phil has talked about it, that they did put him out wide and he was playing, he was playing out wide uh, receiver. So, you know, makes him multidimensional in the offense. But the other thing is, you know, watching uh, Corey Clement through drills, if Corey Clement's healthy, he's, I understand Boston Scott's like number, running back number two, but it's not Boston Scott. It's going to be Corey Clement, number two, and then Boston Scott's going to be all over the field. Corey Clement, if he's healthy, and you know he put on more uh, more weight, he's stronger. It, I said, if he's healthy, he's number two right behind Miles Sanders. Now, Miles Sanders is going to get the bulk of the carries, yeah. but it shows you in the running back room you know, there may be a little bit of depth there. Well, I said there's depth, but it's also going to it's going to be interesting to see how the Eagles handle their game day roster. I would say if they're possibly going to keep active, possibly three or four, uh, or uh, sorry, uh, keep four running backs active, depending on what they decide to do. Or do they keep three? Who's the odd man out? Is Killens? If they keep, if they're keeping Killens active for uh, for uh, special teams, and also he's been working a lot with the wide receivers, they're going to have different type of packages for him, it looks like, or some type of plays where he's going to get on the field uh, maybe a little bit. So it's going to be interesting to see. I would say Boston Scott, he, he, he played well down the stretch last year. He, he was one of the more reliable players with taking the workload off of uh, Miles Sanders when uh, Jordan 
Jordan Howard wasn't in there. And uh, I would say one of those guys that was showing that he can catch the football out of the backfield. He was one of those options for uh, for uh, Carson Wentz uh, dumping it off to uh, to the running back. So it's going to be interesting to see how Doug Peterson handles uh, his game day roster week one. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to somewhat show uh, what, what positions they're going to value for this season. Yeah. You, you talk about Adrian Killens and Boston Scott. I mean, I've read a lot about how great Corey Clement has looked. Yeah. And, uh, and Holy, they have, Holyfield, apparently, Holyfield apparently had some first-team uh, reps the, yeah. uh, in practice uh, a couple yeah, days. With, with Miles Sanders being hurt, Clement's been getting that number one lead role a lot. So there's a lot of rumors that saying that he's going to be a big-time player and that Boston Scott might actually more yeah. be that third guy, yeah. you know, because he's just going to be more of that uh, Darren Sproles-type player. So – it's it's gonna be interesting to see two other names that I saw today that impressed a lot. The I was reading uh, what did I who did I say was before the show Michael uh, K, I think I said. I'll say for NJ.com, it's Michael K, and yeah. there's no, there's not they have two reporters yeah, for each team. Uh, so they I'll, said one that of those the, the, the undrafted free agent uh, Graylin Arnold and tight end Noah Tag, um, as bad as you. Togia, Togia, I think his name is Togia. Yeah, Togia. They Togia. both impressed a lot in the last two days in practices, also. Well, so more rookies and undrafted free agents. Well, with Josh Pertwee in these with all these injuries that we have. Well, yeah, and, and it's beneficial for uh, for the tight end, uh, especially with Josh Perkins being out indefinitely. Who knows how long he's going to be out? That, that that's another player I'll say that's probably going to be ending up on the pup list at least to start the season, yeah. depending. So you might see someone like Noah, who's when I when I was doing a post draft, you know. You know, breakdown and all. I was watching some of his footage because I had never heard of the guy. I mean, the guy's got good hands. He's a big guy, big body tight end that that pretty much catches everything that's thrown his way. Yeah. So you, you don't know. These guys are getting a lot of great opportunities right now. And he's getting even more opportunity with Josh Perkins out indefinitely with an upper body injury. So, you know, he's he's he has the reps now. Let us you know see what you can do in the practices. But the other things, you know, speaking about the tight ends. Um, I saw that Zach Ertz, I guess they're opening preliminary contract talks with them, with Travis Kelsey and George Kittle getting new deals. What, what does that say? Where, Where is it going to be with Ertz? If they're opening up preliminary well, talks. Well, if they're opening up talks with him, I, well, they're probably going to see what he's looking at, what type of deal he's looking for first. But it honestly shows that they feel Zach Ertz is going to – He's in their plans for the future. I, I, I know we I know we were talking about before. I would say that the Eagles probably can't afford both tight ends in, in the near future. It's all going to depend on the type of deal that they give him, and it's going to help probably restructure some money for his cap hit next year if they get an extension done now, which would be a good thing for the Eagles. But I would say the question is, if they sign Zach Ertz, is Dallas Goddard, once his rookie deal is up, is he still going to be an Eagle? Or are they going to use him? Are they going to use him as the trade bait now? We were all worried about uh, Zach Ertz possibly being the trade bait, and uh, felt that he uh, might be able to command a pick or uh, some compensation. Now it's going to come down to Dallas Goddard. I would say what they're going to end up doing with him because he still he still has a couple years on his contract. But it's all going to come down to what type of deal uh, Zach Ertz get. And the other thing is, if you sign Zach Ertz to an extension, it clears money off of the cap this year, which you can roll over. And then what you can do is make it a lower cap hit than what he's going to be making in 2021, yeah. which takes more money off of that cap. And then you just backload the contract or make, you know, whatever. They they always work with, with the contract numbers. And that's why what Joe Banner says, that he thinks they're going to be okay, which I think they'll be able to maneuver enough money. To be to be okay, so well, they're, they're going to be able to maneuver b- m- enough money just also by getting rid of players. I would say we keep on bringing up the same names week in week out when it comes to the cap situation. Who knows if Brandon Graham's going to be here? If he is, he's got to take a pay cut. Uh, we have other players on the. Uh, who else is on possibly on the bubble? I'm trying to think of some other guys. Well, Alshon Jeffrey. Well, Alshon, of uh, course. Deshaun, who knows with his contract, uh, BG, the amount of money is he gonna they restructure him? Yeah. Um, uh, Derek Barnett's ten million dollars next year. Yeah. So there's there, there's a lot of decisions to make. You know, Carson Wentz, you restructure him, you save eighteen million dollars towards next year's cap. And with uh, Fletcher Cox, is he going to get a new deal? It's going to maneuver. So there's there's a lot of things that that can happen, and a lot of things that they can do. And you know, I, but it, it, it just makes it even more important that they they need to start hitting on these draft picks. And I think that's why the Eagles are trying to find. 
or trying to get a lot of these young players in now, a lot of their draft class and undrafted free agent with a lot of reps in training camp with the first team, with the second team, to see what they have with their roster. Because over the next year or two, there's gonna be a comp- there's gonna be a lot of overhaul. And uh, I'll say with the cap situation and uh, with the amount, with the money that they need to get under and try to try to trim off the dead weight, they, they want to try to find these gems in the rough to build a roster and that can help contribute and uh, go out there and perform for them. So I'll say I think that's why the Eagles are giving a lot of these guys, a lot of these young kids, a lot of reps and a lot of looks because they want to know what they have. Because in the next couple of years, it's, it's, it's going to be a completely different roster. You're, you're going to be hearing a lot of new names uh, possibly over the next couple of years. And that's why you need these past couple draft classes to start showing you some players that can be, you know, long-term Eagles and be guys that... What up, Peanut? You know, who can be long-term players for this organization. I never trust somebody with no... Uh... No profile, no profile picture. I can't trust that comment right that's there. That's my cousin Peanut. So. Yeah, no, 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 tr- no, no trust there if you don't have a profile picture. Oh, boy. But what were we saying? Lost track. No, what, 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 what I, comment, comments always get me. I love comments. <laughs> it's okay. We, hopefully, you know, we, get some, we should get some questions. We can answer some questions yeah. that they have. Yeah. That'd be nice too. This is run one, you know. We'll, I know it's we'll run. Questions at this while we go. It's 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 only run one. That's fine. Hey, That's we fine. we gone forty minutes and it hasn't been a complete disaster. So I no, I, we I, haven't I, had one like technical glitch. I'm we might have gone off topic a few times, but we haven't had any technical glitches yet. So unless positive. you forgot to record it. No, I'm recording it. I didn't get to record the intro for like the first two or three seconds because I had to click over real quick, but. That's about it. <laughs> but do you have any more? Audio yeah, we have plenty of audio. I'll say we have uh, Darius Slay. He was dis- I was saying speaking of the defense, uh, he was talking about coming from Detroit to the Eagles and what he sees with this Eagle uh, with this Eagles defense heading into 2020. Uh, it's gonna be amazing, man. Um, it reminds me a lot of my uh, 2014 team, honestly, in Detroit. Got great D line, great young linebacker core that can run, uh, stretch the field. You got great, got a good. Uh, Secondary that got great leadership that's been in the league eight years, got guys that have been in four years, got guys that have been in three. So it's got the same, it got the got a great mixture, man. So I guess, um, and we got great leaders, man. We got great leaders from the front end to the back end. So uh, from there on, we just got to keep moving forward. We, gotta, we know what it, will take, what it takes. Them boys done been there to the Super Bowl, I haven't, so they know what it takes. And um, me coming off, uh, yeah, coming from Detroit and coming in and feeling that, uh, that energy they bring to practice, how they approach practice. Um, it's a different feeling, and um, you know, like I said, I, I look forward to uh, the season, man. Uh, I can't wait to kick off, and uh, man, on, right now I'm gonna continue to do is get better, to do what I need to do to help the team, and um, and get ready. And before that, the comment that came up: if we if we want more views, then Jeff and I need to bring our daughters on the show. And yeah, we probably will. We probably yeah, would get I mean, more views. Everyone loves babies. That's true. I'll say, let's bring the little playpen down here. I'll say, well, we'll they only look at us. They can just listen to us talk, put the, put on the babies, have them out in their Eagles gear and our All About the Birds gear, which you can get at aatbirds.com at our shop section. So make sure uh, you guys go online, check out aatbirds.com. Show them your shirt. You can get a shirt. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Represent. Jeff wants people to buy uh, shirts with his face on it. Yeah. How cool is it to have your face on a t-shirt and people walk around wearing it? So I have to get one for myself, to get one for my daughter. We have Beard of Knowledge shirts, so we're going to get you a shirt. I got to talk to you about that. They're not on there anymore. Whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't take anything off. Did you delete my shirts from there? I didn't delete your shirt. My mother-in-law went on to try to buy one today. Well, maybe uh, she wasn't there. Maybe your mother-in-law doesn't know how to access the website, right? (laughs) That is possible, actually. (laughs) But she might listen. She says she listens sometimes. But I'll say, listen to Darius Slay. I'll say it's a little bit of breath for fresh air. I'll say hearing a defensive leader like that. I'll say, and and one name that we need to uh, apparently discuss is I. I know we've been giving a lot of crap and a lot of. a lot of uh, worrying, worryingness about uh, Jalen Mills. Apparently, he went to Dougie P. I don't know what, over the weekend or one of these days. He he went to Dougie P. and asked if he can hold a team meeting and lead it. So I'll say we're, we were talking about earlier in this offseason who's going to be that defensive leader for our team. It looks like Jalen Mills might be the guy to step it up for our defense to be the guy. He's got the swag. Got the swag. He has a Super Bowl ring. He's been there. He knows what it takes. So uh, him and Darius Slay, uh, what? 
that comment. We keep seeing it. Your, your cousin keeps saying how soft the Slay is. Yeah, so yeah, Pino. Just, just, just wait until we play Madden. There. Well, I'll say, in his defense, according to reports in training camp, Slay, he, he's been impressive, but he's also been getting burned a lot. I'll say, you, you've, been, yeah. you've been hearing about a lot of big plays from Deshaun Jackson against Darius Slay, a lot of plays against oh. Jalen Rager against Darius Slay. So, it might just but be... they're all coming... <laughs> They're all coming during the games or the practices where there's no hand checking going on from the wide receivers. They're just letting the, the wide receivers Keep run from the line. Them. Gotcha. So there's, there's, there's no bumping, you know, the jam at the line going on. Yeah. So he's basically just letting these guys do that almost in a sense where they're helping, uh, you know, build up some of these wide receivers confidence. Well, Jim Schwartz did say, uh, I would say talking with the media today that they're, they're, they're not changing the way they do their defensive scheme or defensive schemes in training camp compared to a game situation. So I uh, say so he was asked about going up against a dual threat quarterback like Jalen hurts in practice and how it helps him game plan for his defense. Yeah, you know, he does have a, a good skill set for running, um, you know, which is which is not unusual in our um, in our league. It's a little bit different in training camp, obviously, um, you know, to to play a guy like that, but also not be able to hit him. Um, you know, that 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 creates a little bit more difficult situation because there's a lot of times that he's really a running back, but you're trying to stay away from him. And same thing with scrambles and stuff like that, really, at this point in camp. We're not planning for, we don't change our calls for Carson, um, for Nate, or for Jalen. We're just sort of rolling. We're trying to take care of us on defense and rolling through our calls and trying to get us ready. Um, so, you know, we really don't take into account what the, you know, what the quarterback is. We're more down in distance and game situation as opposed to, you know, what quarterback. And most of the time, I don't even look up until. You know, the ball's getting ready to snap to notice what quarterback is in the game. Um, but again, you know, anytime that you can, that you can, you know, put stress on the defense and conflict on the defense, you're dropping in the zone, but all of a sudden the quarterback's scrambling, that presents a problem for the defense. Um, you know, they hand the ball off, but then the quarterback pulls it and he's on your perimeter. That creates conflict for the defense. And, um, you know, Jalen certainly has those abilities. Jimmy, and then. I think, you know, having uh, Jalen Hurts in the, on the practice field for these guys, it's going to help going against the dual-threat quarterbacks they're going to see this year. So it, I understand. I'm not saying you draft a quarterback in the second round just so you can play him in practice and show different looks. I'm not saying that. But it's going to give defense looks that you don't usually get to see um, from a quarterback. And, he, you know, reports he is playing – a lot of number two reps. I know he's. I know his whole bit, the whole Sudfeld, everything like that. But he has seen um, number two reps, and you know he hasn't looked awful. And he's still a young guy. He's still learning the system. He's still learning everything. But remember, Philadelphia's a quarterback factory, according to Howie Roseman. Quarterback so, factory. So hey, I'll say he's he's looking sharp in camp. It's camp though. So I'll say let's wait and see until he's get thrown into there into well, a game situation. Well, from what I read today. He was, I mean, none of the quarterbacks played well today in practice. None no. of them did. Uh, Wentz was off a lot today. Sudfeld supposedly had a had an awful practice today. Well, if the and offensive line's that the bad, best, what's that? If the offensive line's playing so bad, you're going to be a little off. That is a big issue there. Well, but they said Hurts out of all of them had the best practice. He wasn't good but it was better than the other two. Well, let's, let's let them get out of their system now. We're less than three weeks away from week one when they travel down to wa the Washington football team in, uh, in Landover, Maryland, uh, the FedEx field, to play the Washington uh, Washington. Oh, I almost said it. <laughs> I almost did say it. I'm sorry. We're, we're trying to say at least four or five more times this we're, year. We're trying to refrain from saying the R word because we don't want to risk offending anyone. So we're, we're trying to stick to the Washington football team. But I'll say we're less than three weeks away to that game. So let, let them get out of their system now. Say there's still plenty of time to get the rust off. There's still a lot of work to do. Uh, plenty of things that, uh, that this team needs to address and improve upon. So... I'll say the big worry right now. Not that much time. There's less than three weeks. That's not many more weeks of practice till we're ready to go. Well, I'll say the problem is, I'll say, I think they're only allowed two, like, hard-hitting scrimmage practices. So they had one last yeah. week. Probably the next one is probably ne uh, probably late this week or late, early next week. week. So 
I'll say that that's that's one that sucks about the whole, with the whole COVID situation. With the they're still sticking to the CBA rules that you're only allowed to have so many padded practice throughout training camp. Uh, you're allowed to have so many scrimmages and reps and so many days off and all this and that. So it, it, it's it, it's going to affect a lot of football teams. I'll say we're going to see a lot of sloppy football the first couple weeks of the year from everyone around the league, and you're going to see a lot of injuries. We're, we're already seeing in training camp. I'll say you're seeing all a lot of stuff. It's, it's all across. It's not just yeah. just the Eagles. It's A lot of teams are getting injured. and not yeah. A lot injuries. of soft there's tissue some, issues, too. And there's a lot of major injuries that are happening as well. So. But. I'll say we appreciate everyone. I'll say we're yeah. going to wrap things up. It was a great first time going live. Uh, great interaction. Thank you to everyone that decided to chime in, including our wives, our family, friends. So Except I would say, huh? Except for mine. Well, next time you have to, next time you have to give her a notice. I would say you have to put in oh. her phone, make sure she gets an alert. I texted her. Oh, I you... texted her. She said she didn't care. Oh, hey, I would say, I would say maybe she gets some of your customers. I would say you put put, put like a big sign at, uh, at Fox's Den uh, Pizza down in uh, wherever your location yeah. is. Fox's Pizza Den. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm being a little dyslexic right. right now. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Maybe maybe you should, instead of wearing, uh, or you should wear a Fox's Den shirt then. So I can see the logo correctly. But uh, once again, thanks to everyone for chiming in tonight. We'll uh, be back at it. Probably, uh, are we doing this once a week? We're doing every episode. What are we going to try to do? Yeah, we already discussed that, but, you know, we're we'll still see. doing two episodes a week, whether we go live each episode. Yeah, so regardless, I'll say, for some reason, you missed part of this episode and you want to listen back, you go to atbirds.com backslash podcast. Uh, we're available on all the major platforms, so make sure to download it, give us a listen still. Uh, that way we can keep on building those numbers, building the brand, and building uh, that following uh, so we can keep on game bigger and better week in and week out and also don't on aatbirds.com we got a couple new articles that got posted uh one about sydney jones so one about sydney jones so uh don't miss that there's a lot of great content getting put up there so it's you know it's going to be your news for the uh the whole year we're going to have trying to at least yeah we're going to (laughs) have articles going up so Joe, we always tune into that. Plus, also the gear and i'm sure the beer knowledge shirt is there i will make sure I'll, i'll check but, uh, yes, thank you, my wife, for making our amazing website. <laughs> Jeff, give him props. That's always a good thing. But you yeah. can follow, you know, all about the birds at AAT Birds. You can follow it on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, and you follow Jeff at Jeff Warner NFL. You can follow Phil at Beard of Knowledge. You can follow myself at Johnny U nine three two two. But. And also thank you to our partners, Last Out Media. Make sure to give them a follow as well on Twitter, Facebook, and Absolutely. also check out their website. They have a bunch of brand, uh, great programming, including a, uh, All About the Birds, which we replay on their brand on uh, Tuesdays and Fridays? Yep. Okay. Yep. Tuesday and Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Okay. Couldn't remember. But with that, all we say is, go birds. Go birds. Go birds. You know what you got to do. Do it. Can you feel what's about to happen? Get out there.